And there's nothing, nothing more fun than being with you in the presence of our Almighty God, exalting His presence, allowing Him to prepare our hearts for Him to speak to us. He is here to speak to your heart today and to mine. I'm just so glad that you are here today. We are moving on after a break for Easter in our series, One to the Power of One, Each One Disciple One. Uh, being one that in myself, I can't disciple someone else, but one, this one to the power of that one can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So as we endeavor this, we need to depend wholly on him. And then we sharpen ourselves with tools and thinking and learning from God's word about how to be better at allowing God be sharper at what God is calling us to do and knowing that he will help us. Every step of the way. So one to the power of one. We're at sessions 12 and 13, part of the second session. If you're new with us, we started with being disciples, becoming disciples in the first half of the series and moving into who make disciples. And so we're in that making disciples mindset. And as a part of that, I want you to know, I, I hope that the janitors didn't throw them away and I'm excited for no reason. But remember, we gave out two weeks ago on the develop intentional relationships message and and uh, and learn their you know what learn what's the I learn their spiritual level understandings identify their spiritual level of understanding. We gave out these bookmarks for you to write five names on, and we passed them out to everyone in the church. Well, this week I went by the cart, and the ones that were extra were all gone after Easter Sunday. We announced again that they were there. So I'm hoping and praying that people saw them as a valuable tool. And if you're missing out on this, it's so you can write five names of people you're praying for to receive Christ. And, and for you to have a journey of discipling and put that in your Bible, use it to mark where you're reading in your personal time with the Lord. So when you come to the Lord, you have those names to pray for them as well and pray for wisdom. And, and of course, the St. Francis of Assisi prayer that's on there, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace and, and where there's brokenness, bring healing and, you know, whatever. I don't know it by heart and it's too small for me to see on this. So but there's more bookmarks back there. If you need to get one, if you lost yours. You have 10 names. You need two bookmarks. Amen. Take three. Put 15 names. That's great. So anyhow, there's more for you back there. And I encourage you to grab your note sheet that's in your bulletin there. It looks something like this. The S and the C are the highlighted back um, watermark there because that's what we're on today is in supplying a support system and contacting folks. Now, I know this sounds like just this pure lesson of what you do for others, but I... I God has really laid on my heart that we all need what we're asking us to teach others and what we're what we're trying to do in reaching others for Christ. All of us in here need these dynamics and and this will help us be a vital and vibrant body where those needs are met. If we will listen, it's not just about the loss that we're trying to reach. It's about us, too. And and so uh, we've been using athletic imagery. The Helms are used to that being in my fellowship for a while. Oh, hi, Ken. There you are. He, he has back issues and has to stand a lot. So is it okay I told everybody? <laughs> they won't come see me anymore now. Okay, sorry. But to me, I, I honor and admire that because of the commitment and dedication to be in a place. So um, more imagery. I apologize if I said more than I should have, brother. Um, you know, in lifting weights, you see here someone lifting just a little bit of weight in the bench press. And you see someone standing over them. Then if you don't know, that's what's called a spotter. It's kind of a support system for the guy that's under the load. And, and in actual training, when you're trying to get stronger in weightlifting, you, you need a spotter even when you're just doing 
repetitions because at the end of the repetitions, your muscles are getting burned and that lower weight doesn't feel like a lower weight anymore. And in order to get your muscles used to doing more than they can, you have to do more than they can. Your muscles have memory. And so your muscles say, whoa, if we got to push this weight this many times, we're going to have to get stronger in the in-between time. And so, so you get more reps, you know, as you keep doing that, you get more reps. If you just keep doing the same amount at the same weight, that's what your muscles will remember. And there'll be strength growing, but, but not, not in that growth that people that are looking to grow stronger seek to do. So even in reps, but especially in powerlifting, when you want to get a heavier weight, you've got to put on your muscles more than what you can do by yourself. So your muscles go, uh-oh, we got some work to do. We got to take that food this guy's eating and turn it into more muscle mass. And so we can, this is what we're going to be doing. And so you need, if you're going to grow stronger in weight training, you need a spotter. And I found online a picture of a guy trying to do it alone. And, and this guy luckily survived. There's a sequence of pictures of how bad this gets, but he was okay. He, the way he leaned it over and, and got, you know, it came down and, and I, I've been in that position a couple of times, not with that kind of weight on the bar, but uh, I've had to dump, dump the bar, the, the plates off one end and then dump them off the other and, and get off the bar or get off the bench a couple of times. But that's, you know, we run into problems when we're trying to lift things that we can't do on our own, on our own. And, and then as we get stronger and, and in the larger muscle groups, and this is the squats that works the, the thickest muscle mass you have on your body, the quads, the uh, the hamstring, the quads, I mean, uh, and doing squats and massive weights on it. You think the stronger you get, the less you need anybody else, right? The heavier the weight, the stronger you get, the heavier the load on you. And and that's not a position you'd see most menly men having in a public place. It's too intimate. It's too intimate. It's too close. They're huggy. Looks too. No, the, the stronger and the heavier the weightlifting, the closer the spotters need to be. Because he has to be as close to that center of gravity he can. If he's standing back here and trying to do this, he's not going to be any good to that guy. He's got to get in there and get himself close and intermingled with him that if he has to, he is the secondary squatter of that weight. So as we get stronger, we don't get more independent and need others less. We need that community more. Do you see the parallel in spiritual journey? We're trying to become something we can't on our own. We're trying to become Christ-like. I cannot do that on my own. I've got the great spotter of the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen. And, the, and primarily. <laughs> but he calls us to be a support system and spotters for each other. In fact, this guy not only needs one closer to him, but he needs more around him. It's not the same guy, but... There were times at Point Loma when I was first training, their athletic department wasn't what it is now. And in their weight room for the squat rack, they had two poles mounted ceiling to floor and, and, and two hooks on them that you could change the height of the hooks based on where you needed the bar to be. And once you stepped off of those hooks, it was you and nothing else with that weight. There was no, you'll see squat cages where there's other bars that you're in. And if you, if you can't push the weight back up, you drop down and the bar catches the weight and you crawl out from under it humbly. <laughs> but you're not scrunched. Well, being one of the, as they were starting the track and field program and the first time they were rebuilding the hammer throwing program and, and so the weight room wasn't what it needed to be, I was in there doing my power lifting to strengthen myself for the hammer throw. I had 680 pounds on my shoulders. Um, 
and, and would take those off that hook and would be squatting. And I didn't do the full parallel squat for the power lifting. At that weight, I was doing quarter squats with explosion and power. And the, you know, But there were times that uh, 680 pounds, you can't just push off your shoulders. It, is, it, it put permanent divots in my shoulder, it, and it, was, it would rest in this. And there's, you just can't push it off. It just crumples you if you can't. And there were a couple of times I was wishing I had some guys around me. It could have destroyed my knees, my legs, could have killed me. And I'm just thankful that for two years of lifting weights in that situation, that that did not happen to where I got seriously injured. But there were some scary calls where it was nothing but adrenaline that helped me get that back onto the hooks. So we need heavier the weight, the stronger we get. Remember, God says to whom much is given, much is expected, much is required. And so when we get stronger, God, God gives us more for his kingdom. Not only that, but I think our enemy attacks us more. Right? Amen? And he wants, to, he wants to make the strongest among us weak. If he can't make us weak, he wants to make us find excuses so we just quit. And, and, and so we need each other. And we need to be thinking about others. We have a picture here. That is, someone has the responsibility of being a spotter for someone, and they let their eyes wander to their preferences. <laughs> he finds himself attracted to that cute young thing over stretching, getting ready to work out. He's not paying attention to the one that's depending on him to spot him. I think many times in the American church, we have people that are looking too much for their preferences, looking for what's attractive to them, that they're not looking to spot the other people. And, and, and we lose that sense of community because in American church we're fighting over what what this or that or isn't is what I want it to be. Can you give us some of that? Can you? And 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 folks, that is the kind of stuff that distracts us from becoming spotters and becoming strong to carry the load. We've got to reach this world for Christ, folks. God's called us to be a, a light and to change our world in His power and in His strength. And so we need each other. Well, I guess we better get to the message, shouldn't we? Uh, SNC of discipleship, support a, supply a support system and contact regarding spiritual needs. Again, we are trying to lift a load that we cannot lift alone. So let's start in that first half of your notes. You see supply a support system. When I worked, some of you will remember, I may have shared this a couple of years ago. When I worked after Point Loma, graduated, I wanted to keep training and try to see if I could qualify for the Olympic trials. And so I got a job selling shoes at a little store called Cal Stores. I was about... I say little. They were there in Fresno and San Diego. I was in Pacific Beach store. And I shared with you one time that, you know, we in the shoe department, we had tennis shoes on and, and, and you know, because we sold them. Um, and, and we were also, you know, just the ones that kind of had the responsibility of watching security for the shop. And there were a couple of occasions we had some guys come in and try to do some shoplifting. And they'd go out the door and you hear the beep, 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 beep. Uh, one time it was ridiculous. We, I, I caught one guy out. I chased him out, caught him, brought him back to the front of the store because I learned that at Mervyn's when I worked there. Bring him to the front of the store so people see that there's, there's security here and this is not an easy place, an easy target. So brought him back in front of the store. And, and, and I remember that in the glass cabinet under the cash register, they had some other little sports things. And for some reason, had a set of thumb cuffs. You ever seen thumb cuffs? They're like little handcuffs with a solid bar that has a little clickety-clack ratchet things on each end of it. And you stick their thumbs in it and crank those things on it. Seems kind of, oh, it's not pointless. <laughs> I put that guy in thumb cuffs and, man, he tried to pull one way or the other and it hurt. He couldn't do it. But 
so we a couple of occasions we did that. Well, one time in particular, it was at night. I was working and, and, and I heard the thing go off and I looked up from the shoe department just in time over the racks of clothes and saw these guys and I saw a Raiders jacket and, and a couple guys running out the door and turning right. So I went bolting out the door. I hit, I hit the sidewalk. I, not, I saw they went right, but they were gone. They had disappeared, but there was an alley right next to our shop. So I knew they couldn't disappear that fast. And so I went running back this alley. And I get back to behind the store and there's a minivan backed up against the shop next to us in this back alleyway behind the stores. And I go running up to the front door and I'm thinking, well, these guys, of course, have locked the door because they're trying to get away. And I grab the handle of the passenger's door and boom, it opens. And I'm, oh, <laughs> and, and, these, and I hear a guy in the back go, get the gun and shoot him, get the gun and shoot him. And my heart went, huh? But I grabbed the passenger and I pulled him out and I said, I've got one of you and the police are being called right now. Either give us our merchandise and get out of here or I take this one at least. And you're all booked. You know, you're all in trouble. And I said, get out of this van. I don't know why they didn't start up the van and just take off. So they and here, ironically enough, I must have talked tough enough. They all come out of the van and start dropping all this merchandise at my feet. And there's, I don't remember, four or five of them. And I'm standing in a back alley with four or five guys and no support system. <laughs> Wishing I had one. And, and all of a sudden, they just, you know, they were kind of like, well, now what do we do? And I said, well, you know, I got the stuff. And they just went running. They took off. The police, when they came, they told me these guys, the Raiders jacket was stolen from another sporting goods store a couple nights before. They steal the van, and that's why they didn't start up the van. There was a short screwdriver stuck in the ignition. They steal the van, go rob a sporting goods store, strip the van, and, and leave it somewhere. And So I saved somebody the stripping of their van as well as the merchandise. Dun, dun, dun. But not about. But the, the, the truth remains to be seen that I needed a support system. I found myself in a situation, if those guys made a different choice... I was in a lot of trouble. And, and Jesus has designed it and values support systems. Jesus, when he was here, his ministry, he valued support systems. And he, support, he valued them. We're going to look at several groups that he supported or valued them for. And one group is just one. He valued a support system for himself. Jesus needed a support system. I mean, he's God. But he valued a support system. Let's look at some scripture. You have the references there. Luke 6.13 says, When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he designated as apostles. He built around himself a support team. A team that he could teach and pour his life into, yes. He had to do some really deep work in these guys. But you know, it wasn't only for their sake. Even though they fell short, even though Peter denied him at some at, at, at one point, Jesus knew who he was calling around him. And, and we can't expect our support systems to be perfect either. If Jesus put a support system around him of imperfect people, we can too. And, and, and still benefit from that support. Um, Mark says again, he appointed 12. He, he picked out these guys, designated them as apostles, that they might be with him. And that he might send them. So yes... There's the training and the sending that he's imparting to them. But the first thing that's said there is that they might be with him. And so Jesus called a group of people to come around him. And in one of the darkest, most difficult times of his life, 
when he was sweating drops of blood from the stress and the anguish of what he was about to face on the cross. In Matthew, Jesus went with his disciples, this is to Gethsemane, and he says, sit here. So he had this group come and be close, but then he took even a couple closer ones. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and said, stay here. And a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed. In his most stressful, strenuous hour of completing the mission that his father had for him, of being what God called him to be, he needed his support system around him. He valued it. And that tells me if Jesus wanted it, I need it. (laughs) If Jesus wanted it, he may not have needed it. He could have done it any other way. He's God. And we'd be talking about how he did it now. This is how he did it. And, And if he wanted it, in my humanity, I need it. And those that I'm discipling. So for us, this is twofold message for us today. This is what we need to be to those that we're discipling is to get them into a support system of some kind. Community groups are the most popular way, the most available way in which we are doing that. They start getting into building relationships, sharing your needs, praying for each other and having time around God's word together. But it's, it's so it's for them, but it's challenging us today. Are you in a support system? Showing up here on Sunday and sitting in the same room with people for an hour is good and beneficial, but it's not the support that you need. You want to get stronger, you need closer support team. So he valued it for himself. And next, besides not only for himself, the next group we want to look at is Jesus valued support systems for his followers. For his followers. That's, that would be us in the long run. The next scripture is Luke 10. One, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two. Ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Didn't send them alone. No loners. Go together. In sending them, if the, if, if a peace falls on you as you enter that town, and that's a, that's a, that's a corporate feeling. If you guys seal that together, then go. And if there's uneasiness, then shake the dust off your shoes and, and don't go. There was, there was consensus. There was, there was, there was this feel of support and agreement that could take place as they would go and support for each other. So he called that even when he sent the 72 early, early in his ministry. Then John 13, the reference that you have says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, this is at the last supper after he washed their feet. Now that I, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now, how is that indicating a ongoing support system that he said that? Well, they needed to wash their feet every time they came in from outside and wanted to eat, their feet needed to be washed. And the symbol of that in that foot washing is the removal of the earth's dust from my daily journey. And and so the ongoing spiritual parallel to that is we walk in this flesh, we walk in a world that's tempting us, we walk with an enemy that's trying to distract us and pull our eyes off of Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and onto the cute thing trying to stretch over here instead of spotting the the body of Christ. And, And and we need to get that we need to regularly come into fellowship and get our eyes refixed on Jesus and the dust of the earth that is allowed to gather onto us in our earthly journey and this flesh that falls short. We can confess to each other our struggles and pray for each other and have this support system that Scripture calls us to have. And that's where that is, that, that regular ongoing relationship that Jesus established. I came to wash the earth off of you. 
you need to keep washing the earth off of each other. Be a part of it. Be an instrument of it in my hands. And if the apostles needed it, then I need it. The apostles who walked with Jesus day after day, heard Him, watched Him, saw Him heal, they needed it, then I do, and so do those that I'm discipling. So Himself, His followers, and then He also valued the support systems for all people. There's nobody excluded. (laughs) Because that really is what He's trying to do, is get all people into the greatest support system of all. You have there the blank for the lost sheep, the people who don't know Him yet. The people out in the world, Jesus values a support system for them. And it's, it's, not, it's not just Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous. Thankfully, some of those point them to God, at least in some shape or form. They are free to find their own understanding of that, but their intent is that it's the living God that we know. But it's not just Rotary Club. It's, it's not just these other clubs that have nothing to do with God. Jesus values a support system and for his lost sheep. He wanted them to come to the fold. Ernie read that passage this morning. Got 99 and one is lost. He's out there on his own. The wolves, the coyotes. They're going to get a hold of this one. I've got to go find him and get him into the support system of the fold. Get him, get him in the family. Get him into safety. God cares about that for the lost people. So the people at your workplace, the people you're praying for on your bookmark, God values them to be connected to the fold. And he wants them to be connected to him. We know that he is the vine. And so that's he wants them to be. They have to be connected. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're not connected, the flow from the roots, the, the nourishment from the roots and up through the vine cannot get to where you can bear fruit. You must be connected. You remain in me and I remain in you and you will bear much fruit. And it's this remaining and being together, it is a support system that the lost get connected to Jesus Christ Himself, to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Well, that's His heart for you today. There may be somebody in here who's not connected to God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ yet. And God is right now telling you, I want you. I want you connected. Don't just believe that I exist. The demons do that. The demons know I exist. We battle all the time. They know they're defeated in everything. They full well know that I exist and that I'm God alone. They know better than any human still alive. They believe. I want you connected. Because if you're not connected, you're dead and drying and be thrown out with the fire. And so God wants you and the people you're in, that you love, your families, your, your co-workers, your fellow students, to be connected with Him. He's yearning for that. And then in the, in the context of the body, those who are believers, He calls us to community. And, and I'm so excited about what's going on in our new emphasis with community groups. The sign-ups are out there. We're starting this next week. I'm looking forward to meeting with my community group again this Wednesday after a couple of weeks off. Uh, so I hope you'll get connected. This is a great time with the new offerings that are in the, the insert in your bulletin to see those and get connected. But He's called us to be a part of the body. Again, scriptures that we've heard many times over, you know, no part of the body can say that I'm not needed or we don't need that part or we don't need that part. For every part is is placed right where God wants it with its function, its design, its gifting. He's given to each one so that they may serve. Uh, Paul in his writings would write to um, recommend Onesimus when he wrote Philemon. He's appealing for them to support Onesimus, be a support system for this cherished friend of mine. 
He's coming to you. Support him. I can't be the one to support him, so you support him. At the end of the letter of Colossians, he lists some of the people in his own support system. You, you can look at those if you want to. But the Bible is, and the Church of Acts, is full of community. They met together in each other's homes. They ate together. They broke bread together. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and they met in each other's homes and they ate together. Remember the message on four pillars of power in the church. And, and, and they were experiencing that. It was in community. So if, if Jesus wanting it didn't convince me that I need it, if his apostles needing it didn't convince me that I need it, I cannot avoid being a part of all people. Now, I've been called other than a person before, but I'm still part of all people, believe it or not. I was called a waste of human flesh by a guy one time. That was pretty good. I was like, wow, that, that's a good one. I'm going to use that. No, I didn't want to use it on anybody else. But, but that's true. I was called that. But if all people need it, I are one. And I need it. And you need it. And the people that you're discipling need it. And, and, and remember, we talked about the enemy. He doesn't want us to get this. He doesn't want us to understand. He knows that you and I cannot be Christ-like on our own. He knows that we can't. And so he's devising all kinds of ways for us to think we can and try it. Because it keeps us weak. And in the great theological movie, Bugs Life. Just kidding. The grasshoppers are the enemy. And, I want, and some of you have seen this before, but listen and watch the full clip of what happens. But there was that ant that stood up to me. Yeah, but we can forget about him. Yeah, it was just one ant. Ooh. <laughs> one ant. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just one ant. Yeah, boy, they're puny. Hmm, puny. Say, let's pretend this brain is a puny little ant. Did that hurt? <laughs> nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> How about this? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Let's ride! You're lower than dirt. You're an ant. Let this be a lesson to all you ants. You are mindless, soil-shoving losers. You're wrong, Hopper. Uh, 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 uh. 
I've seen these ants do great things. And year after year, they somehow manage to pick food for themselves and you. So, so who is the weaker species? We're a lot stronger than you say we are. And you know it, don't you? <laughs> well, princess. Um, Hopper, um, I, I hate to interrupt, but... Uh... You ants, stay back! Such a bad idea. Folks, can you hear the words of Satan trying to single us out and make us be on our own and individualize us and try to beat us up so we get so focused on our own bruises and licking our own wounds that we can't we can't. We, we feel like we just, we just can't do it, and the reality is we can't. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit, and He did not design us to do it alone, humanly. He called us to community, and Satan knows that if the Church of Christ, in faith in God, with the in personal empowerment of the Holy Spirit, locking arms together, there goes Satan's way of life. And this world will be turned upside down by the almighty body of Jesus Christ himself called the church. We need a support system. Step in. Because if those you're discipling need it and you're the one discipling them, they'll step in as far as you have. You can't tell someone they need to be in a support system when you're not in one yourself. They won't follow. See, that's it. Again, we've said following. If they're following you, you're at least one step ahead of them or half a step or a quarter step. But you're a little bit ahead of them. And so where you stop, if you tell them to go a step further than you are willing to go, you're asking them to lead you. And, and so people who are following you need to see not only that, OK, I better get into one. Yes, I'm going to one so that I can tell them to go to one because they're not going to want a part of that either. But when you allow the body of Christ to be a support system and you confess your struggles and you pray for each other and you're supporting each other and there's a joy that shouldn't be there, or this peace that passes understanding when life circumstance is awful, you, there's a joy in you because your community group is, is praying for you and calling you and seeing how you're doing and, and you had a loss in the family and the community group. You're not waiting for the, the one coordinator the church has to prepare meals for you and, and schedule everybody to come, although that's a wonderful thing to do, but it's not necessary because your community group has 10 people in it and they're each bringing you a meal every night. And, and, and there is this love and this support and this care that is widespread and, and spread thickly for everybody. See, the vision in the church, the, the, acts, the acts of the church that we, we talked about before, which we see in the church of Acts, it's really not the church of Acts, it's the acts of the church, is ministry grown out of mission. The mission to connect people to Christ and his body. That's our mission you have friends and family that are dried up, dying twigs, 
that in their current state are going to be gathered together at harvest time and thrown into the fire. Again, as Ernie said, not because God chose that to happen, but their choice, they have not connected to him. And, and it's, it, it, there's, does that, you know, of course, God designed it that way, so it's his plan. But God wants them to be connected, and that's our call to disciple other people. There's a mission to connect them. And so our ministry has got to start being, let's have a ministry that does what I like. Let's have a ministry that does what I want. Let's have a ministry. No, you know, we're trying to get a senior adult ministry. How do we get senior adults in our community to want to come and be a part of us? How do we get senior adults that don't know Christ interested in coming to church? Cerritos has one of the nicest senior centers I've ever seen in a city. And they have all kinds of activities and all kinds of things. Seniors don't need the church. So what are we doing to say, yeah, you do? Yeah, you need what we got. That is all without Christ. That is all dead and dry. It's fun, but it's not what you need. You need Christ. So what are we doing in, in, in senior adult ministry, in youth ministry, in children's ministry that is, that is getting people to know and get connected to Christ and His body? That's what our ministry starts growing out of, is our passion for others. I get a lot of, of communication. We should have this ministry, Pastor. We should have this ministry, Pastor. We should have this ministry. And, and, and the joy in that, and yet the, the hurdle is, if you're seeing the need, you're the one to make it happen. How can I help you? And, and, and so and I've had to share that with some, and I have some waiting for me to connect with them still to talk about how can we get something moving in the area of ministry. So we need to get them connected. So in part of that is contact people regarding spiritual progress and needs. This is a, a kind of a quick ending, uh, touching on this aspect of discipleship. But contact, staying in contact. You know that the, the New Testament, in the New Testament, 22 out of the 27 books are letters to groups or individuals contacting them regarding their spiritual progress or needs. Paul has started churches. He's aware of what's going on. Either they're having quarrels among themselves over whether they follow Paul or Apollos or Cephas. Um, and, and he's saying this should not be. I didn't baptize you in the name of Paul. We baptize you in the name of Jesus. Those who water and plant are nothing. Only God who causes things to grow. Folks, you're letting your progress stop. And I'm writing you and staying in contact with you to help you move forward in progress as the body of Christ. Some of you are having lawsuits against each other. This should not be. And in front of unbelievers, what do you think? Oh, some of you in the worship are being very selfish in your worship. You're coming and eating all the communion bread because you're hungry. Don't you have food at home? Let the body come and worship together. So he's writing to these churches. He's in contact with them. He's aware of what's going on. And, and 22 out of 27 books of the New Testament that, that teach us New Testament growth are exactly that. Contact to them and down the years, through the years, to us. That is 81.5% of our New Testament is us learning from Paul or others' contacts to the body of Christ. And so we need to be in contact as believers together, bringing them into contact with the Word, but in contact with each other. Four of those books are Gospels, and then there's the Acts of the Church. Those are recordings, historical recordings. And then you have the Pauline epistles that are Paul's letters and the other pastoral epistles, which are letters, James, Peter, John, etc. And then the Revelation, the Revelation isn't necessarily just a letter, it's a letter to seven churches, which in sense can be seen as all the church. Number seven for completion, the way the mail went in those seven circles that these letters went to, it was meant to circulate and these were truths for the whole church. So that Revelation was one to be contacted with to the whole church. Yes, for those of you, I, I see this, I see your good deeds, I see this, but I have this against you, you're lukewarm. 
oh, you've, you've, you've let yourself be, uh, you have purple cloth and all this, but you're naked, poor, pitiful, and blind. You know, I mean, these, these are letters that, you know, are really confronting and dealing with the spiritual condition and progress of the church. So the New Testament that we draw from is, is what we're learning from is that kind of contact. If the early church Christians needed it, then so do I. If the early church Christians needed it, I need it, and so do those whom I'm discipling. See, contacting people gives us opportunity in their lives for a few things. And this is where a lot of the nitty-gritty takes place. But first and foremost, encouragement. I know you're struggling. I'm now part of your cloud of witnesses. I'm not in heaven yet, but I'm a part of your cloud of witnesses that's right here. That every once in a while I call you and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, you're struggling with that again? Just know God is good. God can help you. Let me pray for you. Anything I can do, let me know what I can do to help you. I want you to know you can share with me when you, when you fail and let me pray with you and let me bring you back to God's grace. Let me help you come back to God's grace. Let me... So there's all kinds of encouragement and, and then correction. To be in contact. We don't know what someone's thinking, how they perceive what a scripture says, what they've been told about the Bible. A lot of people in the world today are like, well, you don't know what you can believe in scripture. In certain uh, social issues, they're like... Well, you know, I believe in God and, I, and, I, and Jesus is okay because here's these scriptures that tell me that Jesus is okay with my lifestyle. Yeah, but what about these verses here? Well, some man put that in when they did the canonization. Well, well, how do you know then why are you depending on these? How do you know that they didn't put these in when they did the canonization? You're claiming these as truth, but deciding to say, well, this part, whoa, you're getting real, you know, ahead of yourself and thinking you can figure out what in this big book was man's doing. Really, it's just if you don't like it, man must have done it. <laughs> and... And, and so people are coming from biblical illiteracy, or worse yet, confused biblical literacy. <laughs> and to be in contact with each other is to be able to bring correction, to be in a community group, in a loving setting, where, you know, I've, I've found myself, you know, saying, hmm, I've never seen it that way. That's very interesting. I'm trying to reconcile that with what I understand this verse says, and... I'm not sure about, you know, and and trying not to put someone on the spot or embarrass them, but help them chew on it and bring some truth and some correction to the best of my ability. And there's been times when I've had someone with the knowledge of Dr. Dave to to be able to say this. This is really what was going on. You said, you know, I've shared that with you before. I I pray God helps me handle the word of truth correctly because it is so important that I handle it correctly. And I honestly can look back and believe the Holy Spirit helped me communicate true principles, but I wasn't quite accurate in my supporting of them through the scriptures accurately. But the principles were not contrary. The principles were not wrong or weaker in any sense. But, but so we're imperfect vessels. But yet in contact, we're able to bring some correction. When we're close enough, we can say, you know what? I understand that you are doing this. And, and I just got to tell you that at best, it's very dangerous for your walk with Christ. It's very dangerous. God's word, you know, God's word says over here that this you should this should not be done because this danger. And I hope you've not fallen susceptible to that danger. But, you know, so correction again, loving, not on a high horse, because when we open up to the best way to open up someone to allow you to bring correction in their life is to let them correct you first. The best way to let someone confess their struggles to you is to confess your struggles first. And, and to be vulnerable first and that will enable them to do that so we need to be that with each other so that we can do that with these new folks and it also brings accountability all those things sound like they're all one and the same but you can say hey you know what i'm going to call you every week and see how you're doing with the struggle 
this is the kind of struggle that I want to stay close to you, and I'm going to call you every Friday morning, okay? And I'm just going to ask you how you're doing. I want you to be honest with me. And I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to quit calling you. I'm going to know how to keep praying for you. And somehow knowing that there's accountability helps in strengthening and supporting that person's journey. So you see the depth of this. You see that as we get stronger, we need that closer connectivity. And, and the vision out of mission, the vision for ministry is that ministries grow out of our mission to connect whoever we're around. What do we need to do to connect these folks to Christ and to the body, to salvation? But vision out of that mission is that what needs to happen among us is that there's many contactors. Uh, you know, we, we have the welcome and assimilation and we mug people. We give them a new mug with some candy in it, people that have visited or, you know, we have a gift at the cart for them. Uh, and there's a system of follow up and it's great to have. But many contactors spread the contact thick because not only do the new people need to be followed up with, but each one of us need that contact, that more regular presence of contact. We all need it. And so many, many catching this vision, not only for the lost, but for each other, helps us become a place where there's no one, not one, that is waiting for the one pastor to get around to them. And, and needing to go find another church because the one pastor didn't make it to me as soon as I thought he should. And again, you know that I, man, I want to be as best I can. But I was thinking of this, a simple little illustration to help us see that is just, let's take Sunday as we go out to donuts now. And, and there's 150 or so that are in here, 140, 150. So for easy math, I, I, I factored 150. We got the donuts and, and this is my chance. We have all of you here together. And if I, if I was able to have five minutes with each one of the 150, I'd be out there for 12 and a half hours. Meaning some of you would be standing out there for 12 and a half hours waiting for the pastor to... You wouldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, if it was only two minutes, it'd be five hours. We're getting closer. Some of you might wait. <laughs> I'm not worth that. <laughs> Talking to me is not worth that. One minute each. One minute each. Two and a half hours. Honey, see you at dinner. Enjoy lunch with the kids. Tell them I love them. But I've got to give one minute to everybody at church. I want to. I miss you. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't get to see. And sometimes I'm like, well, so-and-so, I don't know if so-and-so was there. They were there. I saw them. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even see them. I, I love you. I love all of you. And, and that love compels me to realize I can't be this kind of contact for everybody. And we have got to foster. And as we grow, just imagine when we double. When God brings these you're discipling in and they need that contact, come, introduce them to me, but they cannot depend on me to be that connection. Even just 30 seconds, it would be an hour and 15 minutes that I'd be standing out there trying to give 30 seconds to every individual. Now, that's just Sunday greeting, talking about life and life situations. And, 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 you know, and I made it to some hospital rooms and I've made it to some. I'm so thankful again for Hal and this consistent ministry that he provides with, with the time God has given him uh, to help us do that. But even so, how much better that Hal is the fifth person to contact somebody in a time of need? How much better that, that our person who coordinates meals for someone who's lost a loved one or has had a surgery and needs some help, and our person hears about it and calls and says, hey, I just want to call. Can we help you? Can we get some people to fix some meals? And they say, oh, well, thanks a lot, but my community group's already got the next three weeks covered. Appreciate it. 
No offense. <laughs> That's exciting. That's the vibrant, vital body of Christ being the vibrant, vital body of Christ to each other with nobody sitting around waiting for the one or two in leadership to get around to them. And that is how we grow in edifying discipleship in numbers around here. So the question is today, this is twofold. Yes, it's for those you're discipling, but am I connected? Am I connected to the vine even? Am I connected to Christ? He wants you to be connected. All you got to do is confess. I've been on my own. I've been doing my own thing. I'm sorry. And I want to be connected to you. I ask you to forgive me and, and begin the flow. And I will connect you through your word and through your body. Forgive me and I receive you into my heart and life as my Savior. He will do that. Are you connected to the fold? Are you are you one who's a part of the body, but you're really out one of the 99? You're, you're, the 99 are here during the week. We have how many in community groups? 110 in community groups. So that means about 30 or 40 of us that are sitting in here are during the week. You're you're out away, and and God wants you to be connected to the fold, to that place where the food is put out by the shepherd, and and there's this protection and strengthening. That, that can allow you then to have strength as you bound about the fields and when it's time to do that. And strength to run from danger when you need to. So are you connected to the fold? Are you, are you just here? Are you connected? Or am I connected to the body? Meaning, am I doing my part? Can I honestly sit here and say that my gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me, number one, can, how many can sit here and say, I know what my gift is. I know what my gifts are. You may not know that. We can help you. And, 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 and then the question is, okay, I do know my gifts, but I'm using them 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and I've been too busy to use them in the church or whatever. Can you honestly sit here and say, my gifts and abilities are being used in this church to edify others? That's just a question for you to ask yourself. Are you waiting for others to connect you? I had a conversation with someone who was sadly in process of kind of drifting away from our fellowship this last year. Something happened and they didn't think enough was done on their behalf. Before I knew that that was the issue, the the conversation was all about connectivity and fellowship. And, well, we've asked people to go out to lunch and nobody seems to have time. And, you know, that's I'm saddened by that. But one of the things I shared with this individual on the phone is I said, you know what? If it's been years of trying to get others to connect to you and it's not working, there's new people in this church that if you would turn out and become the connector, you connect others. Guess what? You find yourself connected. Instead of waiting for the others to be proactive, you be proactive. And if someone doesn't have the time or the opportunity to connect with you, it's not working out well, find someone else because everyone in here needs to be connected and especially as God brings new people in. When we start getting about the, the, the new life and, and being their connecting tissue to the body, we are connected right in the place God has for us. And, and so that's the call for us. They're really, honestly, there's grace, there's understanding, there's compassion, but the reality is there's no excuses. There are no excuses. Because each one of us has been gifted and is desired to be a part of the body. So be someone's connection and you will be connected. The worship team's going to come. 
How do you answer those three questions? While they're coming, they're going to sing the song. It says, Your name is a strong and mighty tower, a shelter like no other. Nothing has the power to save but your name. And I'd like, while they're coming for you, to close your eyes, bow your heads. And I just want to ask, is there anyone here today that when we ask those three questions, you said, I'm not connected to Christ. I'm not in the vine. I'm doing my own thing, and I need to ask him to forgive me. What you said, Pastor, I need to respond to that. And I'd like you to pray for me today. Help me pray that prayer today, because I want to get connected. I, ask, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins and, and become my Savior. If you would like to do that today, you'd like me to help you with that, would you raise your hand? And let me see. Let me pray. Just asking. I know this is church, and more than not, it's people who already have this, but we just need to give opportunity. Anybody like that? How many of you think you, you know, you're, you're part of the, this is your church, but you're really not in the fold? You, you, you pop in and you pop out, and, and, and most of the time you're out on, uh, in the wild. <laughs> uh, and, and, and are you connected? Are you in the body? Are you serving? Maybe you need to commit. Being more, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because you wouldn't do that with the pastor looking anyhow. I'd have to be the one to close my eyes and bow my head. But you know in your spirit. Heavenly Father, as we come and we sing this song, your name, nothing but your name has the power to save. Your name and your name alone is the strong and mighty tower that gives shelter for your children a safe place for feeding and for growing and for confessing and for being vulnerable and for spotting each other. And anyone who's not under your name is not under that protection of the mighty living God and in the joyful, beautiful relationship with you. And so, God, will you stir in us? Will you receive the prayers of each individual? Let this song be our prayer. That, God, we acknowledge you alone and we want to be connected to you and we want to connect others to you and we're going to care about their spiritual progress we're going to we're going to care we're going to contact and supply support i will be that support for others because it's a mutual journey i may not have all the answers of where we're going but i can put my arm around somebody and walk with them so god will you call us to become that body and invest in each other according to your will and your plan your name your name. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to but your
Let's all hail the power of Jesus' name and go in that power today. (laughs) 